0: Hi, welcome to Startup Out of the Box, a weekly podcast about startups with Marco Silva and Vitor Dominguez. On this episode, we're
1: going to discuss um, three main themes. The first one is about raising money. Um, The second one is about engineering principles that work actually for Monzo. And the last one is about communication strategies for startups. Do we actually need them or uh, we don't? So... um, Starting it. Exactly. <laughs> so let's just start <laughs> with the first, uh, with the first uh, topics, which is uh, raising money. Yep. If it has any kind of benefits, first of all, for startups, and secondly, um, uh, what kind of benefits? Are they obvious or not? And also, um, if actually raising money gives the startup any kind of validation about its purpose okay. or business plan or strategy. So um, raising money. Raising uh,
0: money. So two ways. You can bootstrap it, Mm-hmm. That for me was kind of like the normal way to do it, uh, and then you have raising money from VCs or friends and fools and family. Yeah, but but it, that's usually the family, the bootstrap part. Mm-hmm. So there's this tendency that you need to raise money, whatever you're building. So bootstrap is not a viable option for some people, and they have to raise money, and because for them it's a kind of a validation of the idea. Hmm. While in reality it, it's not. It's just most, most of the times it's the VCs they kind of like your idea, they like mm-hmm. your team, sure, let's give it a try. But it doesn't mean that there is a real need for that product or that idea in the mm-hmm. market. It's more of, let's wing it and see mm-hmm. if, what this works. So that's one mistake that uh, founders have when they raise money. They believe that that's a validation of their idea.
1: Yeah. Well, it, it, it can be sometimes because if you if you actually need a lot of money mm-hmm. to put the product in the street, actually mm-hmm. you need to raise that money, yeah. right? As I said, you can have some 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 options. The three Fs—that's the first uh, the first kind of option—and yeah. then obviously the bootstrap. The bootstrap is the most economical way of actually building your company because what you're going to spend is actually what you're going to earn. Yeah. Um, that's then, pretty much it. Yeah. If you're going to go with VCs, then you need to give some equity to uh, the people that actually yeah. are investing in you. And that's where probably the problem starts,
0: right? Because problem you, number one, yeah. Exactly. You have someone else uh, calling the shots. Well, exactly. not calling the shots, but opinion, uh, giving their opinion, yeah. and kind of forcing you to follow their opinion because they they gave money to you. So
1: well, it makes sense, right? So yeah. if if you just give some money some to someone, then you need to actually. Either, either be consolidated or um, your opinion is heard and, and actually yeah. is taken in, into consideration so
0: that's one of the issues where you, if you get VC money you have to be sure that you're aligned that the VC is aligned with your ideas of the future yeah. of the company because that's also one of the problems with VCs and raising money is after you raise money, you realize that the VCs want to push the company in one direction because yep. they want to get their investment back quite fast. And it's opposite on what you as a founder thought about your company. It is. And so that's one of the, also the the risks of raising money is you're going to focus on the prof, not profitability, but growing the company the fastest possible. At, but not, and that might not be the best profitable option for the yep, company. Exactly. Uh, you have a lot of examples from uh, fintech companies like new banks uh, or even Snapchat in the beginning or Facebook That for years they didn't make any profit from the users Uh, only when they started to focus on the product focus on revenue, that's when the the scale started to shift and of course that might be too late if you don't realize it
1: yeah but the thing is um, there's there's not a lot of companies that actually can be like Twitter Mm -hmm. Um, as you remember Twitter it went, I don't know seven, six years without making any money mm-hmm. just just from um, raising capital and actually yeah. mm-hmm. this kind of investment so they didn't have any kind of product they, they weren't getting any money from the users yep. or their network and they had to actually pay salaries and stuff like that but the, the other thing with with raising money is that it gives you some kind of false hope when it comes to validation I remember um, I think it was the guys from 37 Signals that sold a share for uh, yeah. one cent or... A uh, hundredth of a cent, something yeah, like that. Yeah, one
0: share for one dollar. So it made the company, company valuation one billion dollars. Like, yeah.
1: um, like a unicorn, right? Yeah. So, um, so the, uh, when when you actually sell shares of the company, uh, then the VC start making this kind of vali- uh, of um validation, right? So if I'm just going to buy the company for one uh, half of the company for one million, then the company in full, uh, it's it's about two, uh, $2 million dollars. Okay. So, um, bottom line, it gives this kind of um false sense of false hope of of validation when it comes to investment and also of the money that actually the company um is worth for um Mm -hmm. that's that's usually one of the problems The, the other one is um the hyper growth right so because if you inject in money in your company uh it is expected to you for you to grow yeah um for you to get another scale and actually Uh, double or or triple the the size of the company and go to markets fast. That's usually not the way to do it because you're going to have a lot of money, but it doesn't make... Sometimes it it is complicated for you to actually build the company with all the money that you can get Mm -hmm. from investment and put the money in the right place. Or get the right people to um uh, to work with uh, with your company actually we we've talked about that in previous episodes, so it's
0: yeah. and you have the example from Snapchat they raised millions and hundreds of yeah. millions, they grew like crazy and they they have a massive team now, I can't remember but it's in the thousands, and they are failing again and again and again yeah. uh because that's it. there was no focus it was like okay we have the the money let's build teams let's build build and build and it was like do we really need to build this? is this really what the company is? Okay, it gives you opportunity to try stuff, but it doesn't. You not focus on what you should be doing exactly, and just trying out stuff because, well, I have money, so let me give it a try.
1: Yeah, but uh, but if you look at all the startups that are just appearing here, not just in the UK mm-hmm. but also all around European countries and also in America, uh, you can see that uh, the easiest way at the moment is actually raising money from VC, right? Yeah. So selling part of your company for something for you to then build the company.
0: Oh, yeah, it's much um, easier to do than bootstrap. yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah well it is um and even with bootstrap uh, um so the, we, we've discussed this previously there are a lot of ways of doing this kind of investment but th- let's just focus yeah. on, on this one on raising money um with with raising money comes the uh, well, as 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 we just said a lot of problems but a few benefits right uh, i think that the most uh obvious one is that you're going to have money to build the stuff that you actually want to do um that's really cool um Bear in mind that at the end you need to give uh, uh-huh. to the VCs kind of the some explanation and some uh, uh, some knowledge of the things that you, you're doing, um, and uh, and probably at the end they're gonna also present to you some options when they just uh, exit the company, right? Do yeah. they want to sell? Do you want to buy back the the shares that you just sold them, or uh, it's going to into a different uh, different thing? So there's a lot of options, and startups need to take. Um, care in consideration about uh, all of these example, options. Uh,
0: buffer, uh, in the last two, three weeks, they bought back all the shares uh, yeah. from the VCs. So now they are a, a fully private company with no VCs because they bought the shares back. Yeah, exactly. It's so so that's that's also an option. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm still fond
1: of the just, I'm going to sell one share of my company for $1. So $100, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. So the second topic, it's about engineering principles that work for Monzo, yeah, so Monzo um, is
0: a fintech uh, company, a startup. Uh, it's a bank.
1: It's in. There is a new name for that. It's called the Challenger Bank. It's a Challenger Bank. It's not a traditional one. It's uh, someone that's challenging the market. Well, never mind. Carry on.
0: Are they challenging the market?
1: Uh, Monzo, I don't know. Uh, the other one uh, that, that we use, Revolut, that one is really good. Well, um,
0: not really bank. Well, it's a bank. It's a bank. financial services. Uh, Starling looks quite promising.
1: Um, they do. Okay. Yeah, right. But yeah, so Monzo. engineering principles. Monzo.
0: Exactly. Uh, so they released a blog post uh, about their engineering principles, uh, and they're quite good. So it's mm-hmm. simple stuff that most startups should follow. Uh, but they've there's this mentality. They, fail to, to, to they failed to do that. Because, yeah, yeah. they think it's simple. There's something wrong about doing simple stuff. That we have to show that our big we are, Our complex we are. We're not a simple thing. No, no, we mm-hmm. have to change and add and build and build and and then no one knows what the hell is happening inside there. Mm-hmm. So, and they'll give you like 12 uh, points that follow kind of like the principles from Agile, from Lean, mm-hmm. but also simple principles that we learn kind of from university but also from practice on working with other people. Mm-hmm. So, principles like ship it and iterate it. Mm-hmm. So, iterate continuously, ship continuously, don't wait for one year to release something. Make small changes, do them often, don't yeah. wait the the, the deployment of a massive bundle of everything together, like 10 features together. No, one at a time, just commit, change copy, commit, deploy that stuff, see what impact those changes have. Technical debt uh, is a useful tool. Uh, You have to realize that technical debt is going to happen. You won't be able to fight against it.
1: I'm going to argue against this one. Uh, I don't think it's actually a useful tool. Um it needs to be dealt with yeah. actually. Uh you need to understand what kind of stuff are you leaving behind and how can you transform that in the future. Yeah. Um I don't think that if you're gonna iterate and you actually gonna ship things faster, technical debt it's gonna just gonna slow you down. But that's kind of my, well, my uh, point.
0: That's how you deal with technical debt. If you don't sure. deal with it then yeah. you're gonna be screwed. Yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. you have to realize it's there, you have to deal with it, but you also accept that you got, you can create some technical debt and realise in the future you have to fix it. Yeah. Um, solve problems at the root mm-hmm. uh, most people just try to think okay I'm going to put this hack in place and then another hack in place and another hack in place that's not really technical debt. That. that's really you're going to screw yourself
1: yeah, exactly you're going to screw the whole thing uh,
0: do not accept deviant system behavior what do you have to say about that
1: <laughs> right um,
0: actually I don't know what, what they meant about this point I can't remember
1: uh, well I faced this uh, previously uh, uh the, the problem with uh, with this kind of uh, thing is that there there is someone within your team that keeps pushing things in the wrong direction i remember working for a swiss company uh that the that the developers were just keen on using different tools from the ones that were previously approved uh-huh. so we're ju- they were just bringing new tools into the table and just getting into this kind of
0: shadow it deviant system behavior <laughs> <laughs> And then we come to the next two ones. That's write code to be read and write code to be debugged. Good luck luck with that. Yeah. (laughs) Because most developers think they need to be smart and show how smart they are. Yeah. Instead of doing, okay, some code duplication can be accepted. Some variable names might be in a weird position. Uh, Of course, each language has those really magical tools that you Mm. can use. But if only you can read that code and no one else in your team can look at that code and understand just by looking at it, what it does and why it's doing that. Yeah. You have a big problem. Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah. I, I prefer something that's simple, that's readable, that's understandable than magical or fancy unicorns yeah. Unicorns. Happen, yeah. Uh, I remember a couple of well, a year or two years ago, uh, there was a developer that showed us a piece of code that he wanted to show how smart he was. So he developed kind of an entire new system of key value. Uh-huh. And I was like, um, the why word. didn't you just? user key value mm. tool that already exists in the market oh because i just wanted to show what i can do see, um, see
1: deviant system behavior yeah hours <laughs> later
0: that's like you could have focused on the important stuff of the system instead of developing a tool that already exists exactly um if it can't show if it doesn't if it doesn't show as a bottleneck don't optimize it oh and this happens to so many startups out there
1: well it happens in two different folds the first one is they try to optimize everything and then they try to cloudify everything, right? So (laughs) everything goes to the cloud, everything goes optimized, and actually they never ship uh, things, uh, and it it gets complicated because... You have that example... You fine-tuning a a thing that actually doesn't have a bottleneck.
0: Yeah. So, for example, you might be using uh, Apache Apache Storm to process uh, your message queues, and that already does like thousands of messages per second capability. And then there's a new tool called Apache Flint, I, I, I believe it's Flint, mm. but in their readme and all of those descriptions and benchmarks to show it, look, it's much faster than Storm. So you see many people just moving to Flint because, oh, it's so much faster than Storm, but if Storm is not even your bottleneck, why the hell are you spending time moving to another tool <laughs> if, that's, if, that, if that is working for you? So yeah. don't f- fix things that are not your problem. If you, if you can see it might be a problem in the near future, not in like two years, Leave it as it is. Put it in your pipeline. You'll fix it once it's a problem. Once it goes through the thresholds that you believe are like a trigger. Until then, if it works, don't touch it. Exactly. Uh, The
1: the next two, right? So, uh, unlock others whenever you can. Mm -hmm. So, try to uh, uh, create shortcuts. If you can uh, yeah. to do the help things. your team, basically. Exactly, and the last one is uh, leave the code the is code better than you found it. Um, I think that's kind of obvious, right? So, don't mess with the code.
0: <laughs> yeah, don't break it. Basically, <laughs> if you commit code, make sure it's working when you commit it. Exactly. That's why you have yeah CD and CD and stuff like that
1: yeah don't uh, break the code exactly so th- that was the kind of twelve engineering principles f- that work for Monzo um Let us know what kind of engineering principles work for you um, yeah. put on the comments maybe you can give us maybe you, c- you can actually give us some kind of idea to talk about um on the next episodes um what kind of engineering principles do you actually use um and the last uh topic is. Um, uh, do startups actually need a communication strategy? So my short answer is yes, Yes. they do. I'll go, yes. Um, uh, Despite the article, what says the article? The article says they don't need a uh, a communication strategy. So the article that we're just going to share. Actually, I think that they do. They need to uh, think uh, about the audience that Mm -hmm. they're going to reach, how they're going to reach this. And also the communication strategy is not just how do you reach your users but actually how do you reach either investors or um, how do you pitch the company and how you tell the story to your employees right so it's the kind of the principles that you're going to teach the people that work for you uh when they talk to friends about the company they work for right so what do you want to be uh known for and heard for and and that's the kind of um the communication that you need to put out uh, out there obviously there are Uh, tricks and there are stuff that you need that you can do um but usually um, i don't think that most of the startups they don't need to go to a proper communication agency to build this this kind of stuff they can do most of it in-house if they have it's a matter of of
0: using your brain Uh, think about what you're saying think about if it makes sense in the perspective of a company Uh, you don't want to come into a pr nightmare for example like tesla and Elon musk yeah when Elon musk says stuff and tesla then has to back it up yeah so pay attention to what he's saying think about it use your your common knowledge uh and have patience
1: yeah and and also one of the things is that um if you have a technology company a technology startup if you want to pitch to journalists or to media you need to take care because uh, it's not on the other side it's not just a journalist that doesn't understand about technology actually they care but they don't care enough about the backend that you're actually using if it's Python if it's they don't PHP, care they don't care about that the don't users care. don't care actually they, 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 uh, when you do this kind of communication and when you pitch to journalists what you need to know is if I was uh, if I were a journalist how would I pitch this to put in a newspaper or to put mm-hmm. it in, in an article so um, I would say that half of the work is actually you as a, co- as a company as a startup doing this kind of uh, report to the journalist and, and then they just have either copy paste or just put mm-hmm. some comments that's usually the best strategy to do this obviously there are as I said some workarounds with mm-hmm. social media and, and the people that work for you to put the message there um, uh, if I had to build um, a new communication uh uh, strategy for a startup, I would think first on the social media channels. How do I? How do I want my message to go through? But also, how would my uh, employees uh, mm-hmm. talk about the company or talk about the work that they're just um, yeah. doing?
0: Yeah, you're not going to get it right at the first try. Uh, oh, yeah. You're going to iterate over this until you finally tune the message that you want to pr- uh, come out. Uh, even for us, it took some time until we got the right like elevator pitch of what we do and who we are so it took mm-hmm. some iterations some companies at the beginning would just look at us they didn't understand it yeah three four months later we would go back to them the pitch more clean more yeah. fluid and they would okay now we get what you guys are doing now it makes more sense so it takes time uh, even if you starting from from ground but be have, be, be patient. patient yeah yeah be patient talk to your friends see what they think about it but also bring your team together uh, oh yes because it's important because everyone in the company might give some input on what you're doing
1: well ask your employees ask the people in the company if they have to explain the company to their grandmother or grandfather or niece or whatever six-year-old niece uh about what they do and and ask them yeah right maybe you can have different answers and then you have um can you get the proper pitch after that
0: and you might be surprised if your company is less than one year old you might be surprised the amount of different interpretations of what the company does that you will receive exactly you will be surprised about that
1: everyone has their own um what we used just just back then the deviant (laughs) 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 system behavior (laughs) everyone has has (laughs) their own perspective of what the company does exactly exactly um yeah that's it that's that's it for the episode uh, 12 as i believe if i'm not mistaken
0: um it's a slow so pace, slow pace a uh, pace uh, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Okay. <laughs> i can't even take any more coffee
1: it is so um uh that's a slow let's, ride flu, flu- let's yeah. continue the conversation next week right yeah. all right cheers bye cheers.